The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Breaking news and conversation station. And welcome to another edition of the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Man, didn't mean for it to turn out this way, but we have a packed show this afternoon. Of course, I mentioned yesterday we were efforting to get a city councillor to come sit with us, and I've done that. Uh, Ward 9 Councilman... Uh, Brian Anderson is going to join us, my councilman, in fact, but outgoing. He's the longest standing city councilman, having joined city council in 1998, but announced just a few months ago he would not run in October's election. We're going to check in with uh, Murray Utahs from Edmonton International Fringe Festival. They've got some pretty neat ideas for this year's Fringe Festival you'll want to hear about. And we're also uh, going to be joined by, uh, who have I forgotten? Oh, yeah, this guy. Gordon hey, good, good afternoon. Oh my god. 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 You know, Seriously, you got nothing better to do than to put something <laughs> yeah, like I didn't that put together. It together. I, uh, I put it together. It's right here. I, 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 you know what? I was really <laughs> bored, and it was like I was already in vacation time, and I'm like, you know what? I haven't done this, and I said, I think I was talking to Jalen about it when it first happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, you know, maybe I'll put a little montage together. But uh, hey, and, and well, just to for the sake of uh, clarity on two points, that's the voice, of course, of Brandon Graziano. Filling oh yes, for, good afternoon. Filling in for Jalen and I this afternoon, who's been called away on military duty. Uh, Gord Stanky joining us as he does. Every Every Thursday, you didn't have to get us to tape those. Those are actually no, they're, they're live. They're yeah. live. So on you took occasions. each individual one, pulled them out, and yes. cut them all together. Yeah, there's That's about right. uh, there's about eight of them. Well, I'm very flattered. That's Something a lot that of I work. just kind of put them all together. Oh yeah, lots of work. Yeah. yeah. As much as I enjoy <laughs> the computer, <laughs> yeah. We talk to Gord every day at four fifteen ish. And course. I've been called worse than Gerd. That's so right. Fine. Um, and as much as I enjoyed those conversations, Gord, yeah. I, I sort of gleefully anticipate you not being at the other end because we don't know if you're there or not <laughs> right because i know that it will result in us getting to say oh my god <laughs> and that's just too much fun i know it just for whatever reason <laughs> well, uh, okay well i'm gonna take off now and thanks very much for having me <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well it's been great guys yeah don't know what you guys <laughs> want to talk about today but uh, maybe not this for very long but uh, did you happen to see uh, donald trump greeting uh, the french prime minister's wife Mac- or french uh, president's I wife no I, I have not what happened uh google it it's uh, okay. really quite entertaining and I wasn't even going to bring it up, but it, the TV above you yeah. just happened to be showing oh, it. showed it? Yeah. And it, the CNN will be playing that over and over again uh, in for, a loop. They're analyzing it. For but sure like, they w- are. What makes it so <laughs> well, iconic at this point? Because well, I remember the, the Trudeau-Trump handshake, and Trudeau just kind of looked at his hand. More of an arm for, wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was an arm wrestle with, with, it, with well, his no, wife? No, the Trudeau one was. Oh, the Trudeau one. It this was. One. We've all done it. Yeah. We've all done it. You've you've extended your hand to shake someone else's. Right. And you don't get the right grip, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh. Oh, it's the really awkward one. No, yeah. I'm just saying that is one of those things that happens, right? Or you go to shake and they go to hug, so you're not really... Yeah, very so, awkward. It's an right. awkward moment. Mm-hmm. So if you... I, I would describe it as it looks like the two of them are trying to put garbage bags over each other. No. They're sort of, <laughs> one of them... Trump sort of puts his hand out, but she goes for the hug, and then he realizes so uh, he brings his hands out to oh, hug, and then funny. she goes to the yeah. handshake, and then because he's got a very he's got his his style is down. I mean, he does the, yeah. he does the whole alpha male thing. It's almost watch, like watching gorillas get together. He exactly. just he grabs your hand, then he grabs you by the back That's of right. your elbow, and he pulls yeah. you in. And he pulls you yeah. in, yeah, yeah, and lets you 
you know who's boss, but this this didn't work out so well for him. It, it just looks horribly awkward, and it's not all on Trump because mm. there's two of them. So right, but you know, it takes she, two to tango. Right. Yeah. Now, in every television show, movie, anything about the Oval Office and the presidency. I've always seen, and maybe it is just fiction, but I've always seen that person who sits down the president and says, all right, mm-hmm. so here's the protocol. Here's what you're doing. You know, whether it's the queen or, you know, whatever, here's what you're supposed to do, and then you follow that protocol. Yeah. But I don't think anyone does that for Mr. Trump. I don't, don't know. If it, and if they do, he's not listening. Right. He just doesn't want to hear it. He's, right. He's, well, he's wrote, hasn't he wrote like several books on that alone, basically, yeah. on, on on how to shake somebody's hand there, and what it, to do There is a chapter and, in his most uh, famous book about shaking hands. That's right. Or not, I shouldn't say a chapter, but there's a big reference to it that it's about power and position and closing the thing. deal and closing all that. Closing the deal, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because we had a former president here. This week, That's right. Jimmy Carter was here, and I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing him. And it was, uh, you know, I talked a lot about things. And you can tell when you meet a guy like that that uh, they don't make him like that anymore. Right. You, li- you know that he was listening to his advisors in the Oval Office, and he was listening very closely back in 1977. And uh, just a real gentleman, just soft-spoken. I heard Georgian. you put him in hospital. No, I didn't do that. Although I did make him. Uh, maybe I made him nail. Too many nails for him to work. Because <laughs> he's in hospital. I right gave him a coffee hydration, break. right? Yeah, he is. He's doing okay, though. He just, I just checked before I came over here. He says he's doing absolutely fine. But how scary is that? He went to Winnipeg and well, addressed he's, what, 93 years old? He's 92. Yeah, he's, 92? He's, he's, he's up there. Yeah, although yeah. he told me, he says, I'm 92, but I'll be 93 in October. So just, just say I'm 93. Oh, is that right? Pretty proud. You, that's why I said ninety-three because you made reference yeah. to that age. Yeah, he was yesterday. pretty proud of that. But I mean, that's so scary. I mean, you're out here, and it can't be the weather because I talked to all the all those technicians that were with him and the camera people. They're, oh my God, it's cold here. They said, no, twenty-six degrees. They said this is freezing. I need well, a is he not from uh, like the deep south? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So he's probably about, not used to uh, so, twenty-one. Well, I don't even know what that is. Is that like seventy here? Or seventy-five, whatever. The he could handle here. Is. It's yeah. something else down there. He could be yeah. hammering nails in a hundred-degree Fahrenheit weather, and it wouldn't phase any of these guys. They <laughs> thought this was like winter time. So it's not the heat that got him. He's just—he's just go, go, go. I mean, think did, about it. Did he have Secret Service with him? Yeah, he did. I got to talk to really? a couple of them. Yep. Yeah, they had, he had four. Is that like a lifetime thing then for I Secret Service? Yeah, they had an older fellow that would have been with them probably back in his presidency days or wow. been with them a long time, and the other three were, were fairly young, Secret Service. And are they as you would expect, like black suits and, and um, things in their ears? Not out on the job site. They kind of blended it. They were wearing dark jackets and gray sweaters. But and they, were they dressed identically? Yeah, they were. So you could really? spot them, but they were spread out quite a bit. But you could spot them. They got the sunglasses, so you can't see. And I couldn't help it, but I had to go up and, and say, sure. you, know, you know, I felt like Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. Are you in the Secret <laughs> but Service? I, I did the exact same thing, though, when uh, Trudeau was actually in the building. Because they had our, I, it wouldn't be Secret Service, but it was RCMP officers. Yeah. And uh, before Trudeau came in, I think they were, he was actually down the street at uh, at your studios, yeah. Gord. Yeah. And he came in, uh, the Secret Service, I should say, or Secret Service, the RCMP came in about an hour early and they scoped out everything, make sure that there's like an emergency exit just in case or whatever happened. I was but, told uh, not, not to come to work that day, by the way. Just, I didn't. Just for the record. I just for the pass, record. I didn't pass didn't the pass screening. <laughs> That's totally fine. Something came up on but, the computer. Yeah, red flag, red flag. They kind of all look the same. Like they're all in a suit. They all had sunglasses on. I yeah. have to ask them. Be like, is that is that like part of the uniform? Yeah. It's like, oh, I had a great like conversation. They didn't seem. I don't. You know, they, they were willing to. Oh yeah, they, they, they were so open about it. Yeah. Really? 
But then I noticed that the jackets they're wearing were very baggy. So you're wondering what kind of weaponry do they have underneath that? Because uh, well, it is funny, right? They're high they're, powered. They're doing a very serious job, right? Yeah. They've been charged with a very serious responsibility. But it reminds me of uh, the last time we went on a sort of a big family thing. You know, all the kids plus mm-hmm. extended, you know, boyfriends, yeah. girlfriends, whatever. My oldest daughter Ashley, we're in Mexico somewhere. I'm not even sure which Mexican city this happened in. Um, and we see these guys, and you know, it's sometimes a little off-putting when you're a tourist. They've got these great big machine guns, right? So there's these two Mexican army guys holding great sure. big machine guns. Yeah. And my daughter's like, oh, I want to get a picture with those guys. And I'm like, honey, they're not a tourist attraction, Yeah, these right? guys, I don't think you This is in England. It's not change yeah. the guard, But right? she did. Like, she went over, and I wish I'd have filmed it, because yeah. I have the picture, but I wish I had the video. What was their response? They were like, here. Like, they were offering oh, really? for her to hold the gun and stuff. Like, they couldn't have been nicer about yeah. it. Like, she got the... I mean, she's a quite an attractive young lady Yeah, wearing, you know, what you wear on uh, trips Mexican to... Mexican vacation. Mexico, yeah, on a yeah. beach. But, yeah. yeah, she went over, and they uh, won, like... She had her arm around one, and the other one put the gun in front of her, and then we took. I took the picture, yeah. and then he sort of basically, oh, well, do you want to hold the gun? I was like, wow, that's <laughs> not like what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. These guys were, were, were friendly, but at the same time, you could tell when I was sitting there waiting for Mr. Carter to come to the, the interview area, they're just stone-faced. Yeah. You couldn't tell who they're looking at, what they're thinking, but once you get to break the ice with them, everything broke, and they were, they were doing just fine. So, you know, they're not like Buckingham Palace guards then. They're allowed. No. To laugh. No, they do. They do once you kind of engage them in conversation. But I noticed they were coming over because I was talking to Carter. I, I just happened to break the ice with him by saying, you know, I, I, I remember you at your inauguration. The, didn't the Almond Brothers play for you guys? <laughs> and he went. Yeah, he said, and he said, I love Southern Rock, and he was just going on about really? that. And then he said, actually, the Allman Brothers became my band of choice while I was on the campaign. So he's talking about, he knew all the members personally. Really? And he goes, did Mr. Trump, by the way, happen to have a, a band that traveled with him? And I was like... I don't think he did. Either. <laughs> Just touche, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it was if if you if you're you know going for president and you've got the Allman Brothers as your band, sure, that's yeah, a pretty cool guy. I would say that's that's, southern, that's quite a southern rock. Good backup right there. Ticket, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. The other I, thing he said was was interesting. He went to Greg Allman's funeral, who just passed away a little while. And he said, "Well, he was one of my best friends," and he said he turned his whole life around, and uh, and so he'd gone to the funeral, and he goes, "You know who was there?" And I said. I said, who? And he goes, Cher. That, I don't think that was right. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Allman was married to Cher, I guess, That's back right. in the 70s. Yeah. And then, right. uh, but he had to throw his two cents in. So he's really with it. You know, he seemed like for 92, he was just oh, sharp as a tack. he sounded. I, I didn't have the opportunity to uh, interview him, but I did listen to all, you know, a lot of yep. the interviews. And the, the master tape, too, not the edited tape. He, he does sound sharp and with he does. it. And, and a great orator. Like, just yeah. his words, the pauses he takes. He knows how to make a speech and yeah. answer a question. And he's tech-savvy. He's kind of like you. He reminded me a bit of you because <laughs> after our interview was done, his handler came up, and he had 40 seconds. They gave him a cell phone, earbuds, and he was doing a, an interview in Toronto. Oh, really? And then he was doing one in Atlanta, Georgia. And he was working the whole thing. There was really? an app or something that he was doing into a, a, a live radio Jeez, maybe broadcast. there's still hope for my mother then. Well, my, maybe my dad, too. <laughs> yeah. I know. He, he get, my dad loves to get the texts and loves to get the pictures, and, but I never know if he got them because he doesn't know how to reply. Do you know, that's funny you say that because I just found out the other day, not too long ago, that my mother-in-law, who I constantly text, well, I shouldn't say I constantly text. I, In fact, it's the opposite. I infrequently text. <laughs> but there comes times where I need to text her. Right. And she always phones me back. So I text her, like, hey, Gail, are you yeah. busy? And then my phone rings and it's Gail. Yeah. And I just found out the other day that she doesn't know how to read her text. Right. So well, she just knows that I texted. Well, well and, and I guess that's even like my... 
because I have to. I've had to teach my stepdad. I've had to teach my mom. My dad refuses to bow down to technology. He still has one of those TVs that have the big back on oh, it. Yeah. Right? Doesn't want to get a flat screen or anything. Has the toggle. And, he's and like, your dad's only thirty five. Yeah. Which is the <laughs> yeah. Thing yeah. <laughs> but it could but, be a money issue more than well, anything. I th- but it's the same thing. So I, I would text my mom. My mom says, "Just call me at home. Call me at work." Right, yeah. because she just does. Because I think her responses, she thinks that emojis are the big thing now, mm. like the smiley face, the happy face, yeah. and she just responds with that, and that's it. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's really awkward because it doesn't make sense half the time. Sometimes it'd be like you know, you give me like the with the hearts and stuff like that, saying like you know, heart you or whatever. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like she gives me like a picture of a penguin, and I'm thinking well, to myself like, oh, how? Picture. Just how? Like, yeah. She just really likes to use cartoons as her response. Yeah, I, I, goat. I've told this story before and then we have to take a break, but uh, when my sister died and there was a woman whose house she was staying at for her final days and I had been to visit her and we mm-hmm. uh, had our time together and she sent one of the toughest texts you can send, but she sent a text to say, your sister's gone, right? So, but the text uh, read, your sister's gone, LOL. Oh, yeah, and I read it like, what? Oh, yes. I, she I thought think it was I know. lots of love. Yeah, oh, lots okay. of love. Yeah. And I've yeah. had that before, too. Laugh out loud. And that's a while, again, a while ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, quite yeah. a few years so, ago. Yeah, yeah. We've lots learned so much love. and come such a long way. Yeah. You know? yeah. LOL means uh, laugh out loud, and that's it. We'll take a break. When we come back, more with Gord Stanky and Brind- Brandon Graziano. Lots of love. Well, we've been sitting down as we do every Thursday talking to Global Television's uh, Gord Stanky. Uh, Brandon Graziano sitting in for Jay Lynn and I. She's off uh, for military duty. We were talking about uh, RCMP officers and Secret Service just a moment yeah. ago. Uh, got this week. Uh, was an RCMP officer at a G8 summit in Ontario working a checkpoint. Guy drives up with sunglasses, sunglasses, shows identification, and boldly says, Secret Service. I boldly say, then why'd you tell me? <laughs> no, no humor at all, says Brian. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you got to watch it. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that. You're talking about uh, talking to, to uh, President Carter and right. talking to these guys. Is there a formula? You've been doing interviews for a long, yeah. long time. Is there a formula to getting people to open up, or is there a way to get them to talk about something that maybe yeah, for you sure. think they might not want to talk well, about? It's like you talk to anybody that, that you know that's a stranger, I guess. If you want to talk to them and engage in a conversation, you just have to ask people about themselves. People mm-hmm. love to talk about themselves, but I, I try to do as we're preparing or waiting in a commercial break or something is to do what I did with Jimmy Carter. Just find, chat a little bit? Chat a little bit, but find out uh, something about, uh, you know, his son-in-law had a 1968 Norton motorcycle that he was restoring and, and how long it had been sitting and talk about stuff like that. And it gets their mind on, puts them at ease too. And mm. then I find with him, Carter, he doesn't need to be put at ease, but a lot of people are nervous when you put them in sure. a, on an interview chair. Well, Carter, I would think, my guess would be that he doesn't want to talk about Trump, for example. So yeah. if you want him to get a get him to, if you want to get a soundbite of him saying something about Trump, you got to find a backdoor into that conversation. That's right. right. It's something like when I said to him, uh, and we didn't we we didn't roll on it because they were very very adamant that do not ask about Trump. He doesn't want to get into politics, and I and I respected that. We're there talking about Habitat for Humanity. That's what that's that's what, what he's here for. That's what right. we're there for, and that we're trying to help that cause but like afterwards i said do you think donald trump would ever hold a hammer and hammer a nail like you just did and he goes he maybe should he said it would probably do him some good <laughs> but he says i bet he never has <laughs> right right yeah. so you get this you get so a soundbite about trump right and you yeah. get, and you get a sense of what the people are really like too like what what are their inter- interests you know like uh, remember fred horn the, uh, the health minister yeah um all of a sudden we're sitting there talking and i find out that he he's a pilot 
he likes to fly single-engine planes, and, uh, you know, I mean, I had that in common with my dad, too. And so you, you get something that brings you together, and then you can go in and just hit that's, them with, that's with all the... That's the key to uh, sales. Kind of guard down. That's the key to sales in general, to find oh, the yeah. common ground and then build up from there. From there, and you almost start a relationship, but you have exactly. to do it in, in this business. You do it in 35 to 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and Fred Horn's a great example, and I've, I've probably told you this before, but he holds the... Uh, he's my most iconically bad question ever asked on... Right, I remember, oh, yeah, I remember I don't know about this, um, or do I? No, probably. I, I had him on uh, when I was doing mornings, and uh, Dan was my uh, partner. And Dan always asked the first question, and I would ask the follow-up question. So I was sort of the average guy. So yeah, the Dan, common sense. Yeah, Dan asks the question, uh, guest starts to answer the question, and I try and look at it like, well, what would an average person react to that? And ask the the natural follow-up question. But for whatever reason, Dan didn't ask the first question. So mm. uh, he just pointed to me. So we got Fred Horn on the line. You know, Minister of Health. So you got no eye contact. That makes it difficult. Right. right so there. I can't see him. I don't. I don't honestly know exactly why we're having him on. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they had decided to privatize something. Um. So I said, "Well, welcome, uh, Minister Horn. Healthcare. How's it going?" <laughs> 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 yeah, and I'm sure media people and and you know yeah, this guy's really done his homework. Yeah. Everybody rolled their eyes at the same time, right? But uh, being the politician that he was, another sure, guy rolled who was, with it. He absolutely did. For sure. His response was great question, Andrew, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, went into an answer, right? Yeah. Because it's funny, you know, I ask you how you prepare for interviews, but those individuals who give a lot of interviews, yeah. they have their own preparation. Absolutely. They have their talking points that they want to get across. And they'll, it doesn't matter what you ask them. You got to be That's very, right. very careful of that because you'll ask a question and then uh, they'll just they'll just get right. They won't even answer the question. They'll right. just get right to what they want to talk They'll about. transition and right into the message. have been right? coached and they're masters yep. of that. So you have to know how to get around that and just ask the question again so that then now they realize, well, I can't. I have to answer ask yeah. the question. And, and, it again in and a that actually way. just happened recently on Fox. I think it was with, uh, I don't know if it was with Hannity or on Hannity where he asked the same question three times just about something about Trump administration. Right, right. And the guy said, well, you're just going to have to email me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like at, at the end of the third time, he's like, so we're going to email you. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. It was really awkward TV, but at the same time, though, it's, you it's as you say, them. right? Yeah. They have this sheet that's in front of them that says you're going to answer these questions and these questions only, and they're probably going to give one to the interviewer as well just to say, okay, right. you're only going to answer these questions because these are the questions that they want to be asked. Well, well that's, the, that's the other yeah. thing, too, is like when you're interviewing someone like a politician or there's some sort of maybe a controversial topic, it's nice to be able to, to kind of take their mind off everything because you don't want to give them the questions ever. Beforehand, no, no. So you never want to get, give them a heads of what you're going to ask them. So if you can just fill up the the space beforehand with, uh, you know, talking. So about that's a great question right there, though, Gordon. I, you know, and I'm asking you seriously because of your years of experience in interviewing mm-hmm. people, and I, I am still seeking to learn how to do this. Great. I'm still learning too. Well, you that's the key. Right? That's the beauty of it. You're right? always learning, but yeah. um, I do know that you know sometimes the handler, the assist- yeah. executive assistant, the deputy, whatever, um, says he wants to be asked about this. And we always say, well, we won't guarantee what our questions will be. Or he will not answer questions with regard to this, as with President Carter. Yeah. not going to talk about Trump, right? And then you do get people who are like, why didn't you ask him this, right? And you don't want to say, well, because they told us we weren't able to. Yeah, it depends on the situation, really. You have to right. roll with it. And then the thing is, then people say, well, you should ask it anyway. 
But the reality is, if you ask the question that they specifically told you not to ask... They might get ask, up and walk away. Right. And, or you might entire, be blacklisted, too. And you'll never get them back. Peak, you'll right? never get them back. Or, yeah, so you have to kind of gauge them out. And uh, if you get a, a bit of a rapport with them, I think that, uh, you know, you become almost uh, friendly with them for, off the top. And it, it, it relaxes them. And then you can get away with a lot more. Mm-hmm. But if you just come in, in in an antagonistic way and just start hammering them with questions, right, they're that's gone. What, which would you prefer? If you had a question of an individual and you really wanted the answer to it, why did we spend this amount of money on that, right? Um, but you were pretty sure that they weren't aware that we did spend this amount of money on that. Yeah. Would you give them the heads up that you're going to ask that question? Probably not, no. And, and I would probably, but I would ask it in such a way that it didn't look like I was jumping all over them. So would you give them the information first? So, you know, the province just spent this much money on this. Right. And then... Then ask. Then the follow-up question would be, and once they've answered that, then you hit them with the follow-up. Right, question. right. Or hit them. But, you know, then you would put that in there just to see what they would say. Yeah. Yeah. Just like if you're talking around the dinner table and you're trying to find out, you know, what your teenage daughter, you know, <laughs> did, yeah. did. No, those usually blunt straight to it. Like, don't well, say, so how was your day? But you still so do. So who's Chris? Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. You, you still do research, though, right? But you like, still do research. You wait yeah. for her to go to the bathroom and you look at her phone. I mean, there's things that you do in yeah. anticipation of that conversation. <laughs> I've never had to do any of <laughs> no. this before. Well, but you do your homework on it. Or, yeah. right. Yeah. You could do the opposite. I remember there's a very, uh, one interview really clicks to mind for an Ottawa radio station that ended up interviewing one of the members of One Direction at the time and they were on hold for about 20 minutes and they've been booked for let's just say a 7 o'clock spot and they didn't get it until about 7.30 and once they got on the line PR person said okay you're not allowed to ask about this, 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 this this and this oh, and what the pe- what they didn't know was that that was live on the radio oh, when he came on no. right mm-hmm. so you're not allowed to battle is this, this, this alright now here's Zane yep. and, oh. and they said oh hey Zane how you doing he's a good He's like, all right, well, I guess that's all the questions we have to ask for you, and that's yeah, about right. it. <laughs> right? That gives the yeah. listeners a great look, though, exactly. behind, this, behind the curtain, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Although I will tell you right now, I would roll the dice on never getting one direction on the show again. There you go. <laughs> uh, we have to take a break uh, for news, and Gord, we're out of time again. Okay, I'm getting back on the bike and going back to TV world. Excellent. He doesn't see another one either. It was nice seeing you, too. Uh, this, and then we're back with uh, Murray Utahs from the Edmonton International Fringe Festival. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.